The interior offensive line is a big part of Sean Payton's foundation for the Broncos offense. We'll take a look at how they did in 2023 and forecast what it may look like ahead with a potential change at the center position. We'll break all that down here on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Broncos are set to undergo some changes here this offseason, and one of them could be a potential change on the interior of that position group led for Sean Payton and offensive line coach Zach Streif. We'll break it all down here on today's brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team. Every day. Thank you so much, Broncos Country, for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you so much for making the show exactly what it is. So, if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening for free, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe or that follow button so you never miss out on what's going on with your favorite team. And on top of that, it helps spread it out to more people in Broncos Country. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange. We've been going through our positional reviews for the 2023 NFL season, doing a little bit of a forecast ahead, answering some of the biggest questions about every position group on offense and on defense. And now we are here on the interior offensive line. Now there's an old school song, interior crocodile alligator. Look that up on YouTube. If you don't, you know, want a little bit of a fun quirk there, but for the Broncos and their offense specifically, Sarah, we talked about it last year in the offseason, how they really have to figure out to, how to get consistency and play better play from the interior, right? And so much was, do they bring back Dalton Reisner? And then they obviously didn't. They moved on from him. He didn't sign till really the season began with the Minnesota Vikings midway through the season for them. And then we saw, obviously, Denver make a big splash in the first wave of NFL free agency. Not only did they get Mike McGlinchey, who we talked about in yesterday's episode of the show, but they went out and they got Ben Powers, who was one of the best interior guards coming over from that Baltimore Ravens offense. And, you know, one of the things he said in his first press conference was Sean Payton values guard play there. He had a little bit of a rough start in the preseason and had some up and down moments. But for the most part, he was a visibly better upgrade than what Denver had in Dalton Reisner. So interior offensive line is very, very tricky here as we look back on it. Yeah, it was a. Uh... Certainly a difficult situation at the end of the 2022 season where, I mean, I just don't like it, Cody, when players go up to the podium before the season's even over and make it feel like they're they're gone. Like Draymond Jones did that last year. I know Dalton Reisner kind of did it as well, where you just got the vibe that and I know those guys have their side of everything as well. It just it just didn't it doesn't sit right. You know, when when you're trying to build something within an organization and you know that certain people have one foot out the door and Dalton Reisner was an awesome you know, asset to the Broncos, their community, things like that. But man, uh, it just, it was an ugly situation. So we know the Broncos went out, they got Ben Powers. They effectively, like you said, they got Mike McGlinchey and Ben Powers in that first wave of free agency, which really ended up replacing not having a first and second round pick, right? That's typically what you see when teams don't have draft picks. You got to go out, you got to get free agents to replace. And the Broncos did that. They gave Mike McGlinchey a five-year deal, just like first round picks get. And you give Ben Powers a nice four-year deal, like second round picks get. So you just, you, you burn those needs with fire. And I think the Broncos got good players. And Ben Powers, like you mentioned, wasn't, was kind of discouraging in the preseason, honestly, but he picked things up in the regular <laughs> season. I don't think that, you, you know, you, you don't want to notice offensive linemen unless they're 
plowing people into the ground. And so we didn't hear his name called a ton in terms of penalties. I think that pass protection was largely pretty good from him. Run blocking, that was never his like dominant area with the Ravens. He was known for not giving up sacks, not giving up pressures. And I think he did a good job of that, especially as the season wore along for the Broncos. But the the real story at offensive guard for Denver is Quinn Miners, isn't it? Who I think potentially became, at least in the eyes of many, maybe the best guard in football. And I know Pro Football Focus just released a list of every team's secret superstars. And Quinn Miners was their selection for the Denver Broncos. And he's gotten a lot of recognition from, I mean, if you want to talk about Pro Football Focus, you know, putting out tweets and posts about him every other week, Brian Baldinger breaking his game down, things like that. Miners is getting some recognition for more than just his pre-draft antics a few years ago. He's really developed into maybe the best guard in the league. That's one of the things that we've heard when talked about. You mentioned guys like Brian Balding or AQ Shipley on the Pat McAfee show several times this year showed in the trenches. He has a segment there where he goes through and they look at NFL films. And they look at the all 22 and they show specific clips. And I'll go back to that Buffalo Bills game where he's just grabbing linebackers and he's throwing them into the back of other guys. Like he, he manhandles dudes and he even manhandled Max Crosby in a few reps in the season finale. Unfortunately, that gets lost by the fact that Denver lost, but Quinn Miners, you talk about just a guy who's a demolition derby. That is Quinn. And and for the NFL.com even released an article recently that called him. Like they went through every team around the NFL and talked about who the unsung hero was this past year. Quinn Miners was their selection for the Broncos in terms of being the unsung hero from this past season. He has established himself as one of the top guards in all of football. He's going to get a contract extension. And so now it's like you have security there. And I think as well, like we saw some of the struggles of the Broncos offensive line this year. We all know that they were not consistent enough in run blocking. They were not consistent enough in pass protection in various areas, not just the interior. The interior, you can make the argument, was where they were better at run blocking and pass protection. It was the outside where you had some of the questions about consistency. But part of me also wonders this, Sarah. Is that a byproduct of these guys coming in and being in a new scheme, right? Quinn Miners, obviously, was the guy who took really, I think, an accelerated step. He and Garrett Bowles were the top two guys. Lloyd Cushingberry had a really good year for the Broncos this past season. And then Ben Powers, as you mentioned, didn't hear his name called, which is a good thing during the regular season. So part of me is like, what do these guys look like here in year two? But that's where a conversation about Cush comes into play because we do not know at this point in time whether or not Lloyd Cushenberry will be re-signed by the Broncos this offseason because he is set to become an unrestricted free agent. George Payton has already expressed his thoughts on how they view a guy that they drafted last year in the NFL draft. We'll talk about him a little bit later on in the show, but Lloyd Cushenberry had his best year as a pro too, and that has to be talked about here. It does, and he made marked improvements from especially – his first couple years in the league, but even after year three, I mean, people are, are are saying, hey, the Broncos have to find a way to replace Lloyd Cushenberry. I mean, the talk last offseason, at least I remember on my Twitter page was like people <laughs> saying there's no trade value. Even you're just going to have to cut him like he he's not worth keeping around. And obviously the Broncos coaching staff coming in saw something a little different there because yeah. this is the third offense that he's played in. With the Broncos, obviously, and and Sean Payton, quite frankly, yeah, it is tough. It's really tough, especially when you're the center and you got to make all the adjustments at the line of scrimmage. I mean, it's he's been drinking through a fire hose ever since he came into the NFL, Cody. Not to mention, I mean, 
we talked about last offseason like a lot. The fact that he struggled kind of with the functional strength. And it, of course, anybody going up against Vita Vea going to have some struggles, right? But I mean, there's a, that kind of came up a little too consistently as we address the interior pressure. But for Lloyd Cushenberry now, he's put himself in a situation where he could go test the market and get probably a better deal from some other team than he can get in Denver, right? Because like you mentioned, Quinn Miners is going to be up for a contract extension here in the very near future. You're already paying Ben Powers. You're paying Mike McGlinchey. We know Sean Payton values those interior offensive linemen, but it, it might be time to reset the clock at one of the positions. Unfortunately for Cushenberry, in terms of his long-term prospects in Denver, it appears as though he's played his, played too well to stick around. So, But that's good for him to, to have a rebound season at the perfect possible time in your contract year. And I thought it was fascinating too, Cody. Like Sean Payton, when he came to the Broncos, I believe the Saints drafted a center the exact same year that Cushenberry came out. I think it was Ruiz or one of those two, McCoy, one of the two guys, Ruiz or McCoy, that they drafted there in New Orleans. And they passed on Lloyd Cushenberry, who fell all the way to the third round. So fascinating to me that not only were they, maybe they liked Cushenberry more than meets the eye there. I kind of figured, well, Sean Payton pass on this guy. He's going to look for a way to replace him. Instead, Cushenberry goes out and has the best year of his NFL career. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what Denver decides to do at that position. I mean, I, you and I talk so much about it. Like development of a player is crucial and hard to argue. Like you look at what Cush has done. They brought in various players year after year to compete with him. He's always won the starting job. So maybe he is just a guy that excels in competition. And maybe he's also a guy that, you know, maybe if Denver firmly establishes the foundation of their offense, maybe he can actually find more ground to, you know, keep growing and obviously have a bigger impact. But 2023 was his best season yet as a pro. But there are questions about whether or not he will be back, which leads us into questions. If he's not back, what will the Broncos do at center? You're going to get that here in today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Locked on Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at DoorDash. Time to pull out your Lucky Charm jersey and order your favorite apps and snacks on DoorDash because it's football season and there's a big game going on this weekend. You can order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and you can get it all delivered without missing the game. So kick back at kickoff with unbeatable deals on everything that you need for the watch party or the tailgate. Score football season's best deals on groceries, restaurants, retail, and more. You can order some of your local favorites or your national favorites. For me, my local favorites, I just found a brand new spot called The Morning Egg nearby. It's got jam-packed scrambled eggs, protein bowls. It's just combining everything in one soap for breakfast. It's what I usually have DoorDash directly to my doorstep on the weekends. And you can get that as well for your local favorites wherever you are at. So get prepared before game day and stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all of your tailgate gear on DoorDash and then get ready to watch your team win. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and you enter code LOCKED23. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and you enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Today's Lockdown Broncos is also brought to you by our friends over there at Prize Picks. And as you know, Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports done right. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections, and then you watch the winnings roll in. The big game is right around the corner, and Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to turn every game changing moment 
into 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into $1,000. This obviously expires after the big game. If Patrick Mahomes throws for more than one yard in the big game, you win on prize picks. It's demon time on prize picks, and you can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks, where, like I said, you could turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins gets you different payouts, and you can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. So make sure you check it out. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Are the Denver Broncos going to make a change at the center position in 2024? And if they do, what does that look like? Where could this new starter, maybe just the the only new starter on the offensive line here in 2024, potentially, where could that guy come from? We're going to break that down on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. But want to say thank you to every single one of you that makes Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day, every single day, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, free and available everywhere that you listen to podcasts, as well as the shows on YouTube, where, hey, if you join us on YouTube, we really appreciate every single one of you, especially those who sound off in the comments. Give us your thoughts on the show and on the things that we're talking about means the world to Cody and I, and we get to do this with you every single day. And we rock together through the whole offseason, every move, every player, every single deal that the Broncos make or don't make hypotheticals. We we love we're, we're going to break it all down all throughout the offseason. So keep tuning in every single day to Lockdown Broncos. Cody, this this is interesting. It could be the only starting position on the offensive line that gets replaced for the Denver Broncos in 2024, which is I mean, quite frankly, kind of nice. You feel like you've had to have turnover almost every year or the continuity hasn't been overly exciting. But now you're talking about a unit that they started almost every single game together this past year, having to replace the guy right in the middle, Lloyd Cushenberry. We talked about it. If if the Broncos do move on from Lloyd Cushenberry in free agency, how are they going to replace him? It's a great question, right? And I always think, too, from a roster standpoint, we know several weeks ago, the Broncos coaching staff, they all assembled together at, obviously, the team facility, and they went through their reviews and reports of every player. And that's how they start to begin strategizing what they're going to do in free agency, what they're going to do in the NFL draft, top secret information, classified info that we're never going to get our hands on, unfortunately. We, this is just where we have to wait and see what they do and then react to it, which I think is a fun part. It's, it's great to react to some of the moves there. but you have to try to figure out what would the plan or the vision be. And Broncos GM George Payton actually kind of gave us a little bit of the blueprint in his end-of-the-year press conference when asked about this past rookie class and how they thought of him. I mean, they named off Marvin Mims, Drew Sanders, Riley Moss, and then it brought up you know seventh-round pick Alex Forsyth, center out of the University of Oregon, who played for one of the best offensive lines in the country when he was there. They were one of the best offensive lines in the country when he wasn't there this past year with Bo Nix, who could be the Broncos' potential quarterback maybe this offseason. Who knows? Well, we'll have to wait and see there. But they even said they view Alex Forsyth as a starter, which is very interesting because even in the 2022 NFL draft class, late in the fifth round, they got uh, uh, Luke Wattenberg, who's been kind of this guard center swing guy for them. He could be in the mix for the center position. But I think Forsyth is probably going to be the guy. If Denver moves on from Lloyd Cushenberry, 
it is more than likely going to be Forsyth. Now, here's some background that I have on him. He was intricate for them this season on the uh, scout team side of it. He won scout team player of the week multiple times this past season for the Broncos. And it allowed the coaching staff as well to get a little bit of a bigger understanding and more of a look at him in particular to see, hey, can this guy fit for what you know what we want to do? And and George Payton talked about it. Greg Penner talked about it. We see so much of these players at practice that us in the media, we don't get a view that type of stuff in practice. We want to get a view individual period and stretching. We don't get a view the team period where they're actually going through scout team looks. So that to me, I think, sticks out about the evaluation of it. And it seems like at this point, Sarah, it's the most cost-effective thing here. You mentioned Mike McGlinchey, the contract he got. Ben Powers, the contract he got. Quinn Miners coming up on a contract extension. How much in terms of the cap Garrett Bowles is going to account for here this upcoming season at left tackle? Going the cost-effective route on a guy you believe can have an impact for you is the best thing to do, especially when Denver's also paying Russell Wilson a ton of money. That's a lot of money going on the offense, and you need cost-effective options. Alex Forsyth might actually be the best bet here for Denver on that interior at that position to step in. And he's got two guards next to him that are pretty dang good, which could help him out even further take the next step forward. Kind of reminds me of the situation the Broncos were in back in 2015 with Matt Paradis spending his whole rookie year on the practice squad, right? And and when Paradis was coming into that 2015 season, everybody's like, you're talking about starting a guy who was a sixth-round pick the year before, who was on the practice squad all year. He's going to be the starting center for Peyton Manning in potentially Peyton Manning's final year. So if you think the stakes are high for Alex Forsyth, just you know, think about Matt Paradis back in 2015 there. It can't be that pressure. bad, right? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, pressure, big-time pressure. And, and yeah, you're snapping to Peyton Manning. There's going to be some serious, especially when you're changing. Remember, he was changing offenses at the time, too. It was the Gary Kubiak offense. Peyton was being asked to do a few things that Gary was doing as opposed to running his own offense that he had done when Adam Gase was there. I mean, I, I love the trips down memory lane to when the Broncos were good, Cody. I know the listeners appreciate it as well. When no the more snaps were- over Peyton. Manning's head yeah no more snap Paradis was and he turned into a second contract player with uh, unfortunately yeah. with the Carolina won Panthers I believe but won a Super Bowl with the Broncos and was a key element to that line and I think foresight that it he can be a similar type of guy I know not you know we always look for after the NFL draft we look for like hey what are what are people who really follow the Oregon program saying are people who are in depth on the NFL draft, what are they saying? A number of people had Forsyth among their top three centers in last year's draft. I know he lasted to round seven, and and you can't just cherry pick opinions and things like that. But people are seeing certain things. The Broncos see certain things, like you said, Scout Team Player of the Week, multiple weeks. That's huge, and for them to be able to move forward to this guy, I know we, we're kind of putting the cart before the horse a little bit. It just feels like the writing is on the wall, though, doesn't it? I mean, you can't yeah. invest. It, you can't invest second contracts in every single player on your offensive line. It's just it doesn't work that way. You can't you can't allocate that much of the salary cap. So I'm excited about this possibility. I think fans were excited about the possibility this past season if it were to come to fruition. Yeah, and I think fans right now, too, I'm sure we're going to get comments, but I've seen on social media anytime I've talked about Lloyd Cushman, we're like, no, roll with Forsyth. So I think a large portion of the fan base is already on board with that idea, maybe becoming a reality. Maybe another question here about the Broncos offensive line, who can be a swing player for them? And we've talked about Alex Palczewski maybe being a swing option for them. I know that the, the organization views him as a guy that could play tackle, could play guard if they need be. They have Luke Wattenberg, who I mentioned, who is a guard center swing guy. Quinn Bailey, if he decides, if the Broncos decide to bring him back, 
could fit into that mix as well. I'm very, very curious to see what the offensive line and what the interior options are going to be, not only just at center for Denver, but the backup options behind the guys who are starting like Ben Powers and Quinn Miners. Broncos country, we want to hear your thoughts on the subject matter as well as it pertains to some of the biggest questions you may have about Denver's interior offensive line. One thing we also like to do, we've already looked back at the 2023 season. Now it's time to look ahead. We're going to forecast our outlook for the 2024 season here about the Broncos interior offensive line. You're going to get that all on today's brand new episode of the show. This show is brought to you by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off of our chest, big or small. Certain things can start to get to you, and it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something, and you might even be thinking about the same thing this week. I really believe that therapy is important. I go once a month, even if things in my life are in order. But for me, I went to therapy and I utilized BetterHelp last year when I made a big transition, a jump in a career, moved to a different place and had a hard time balancing life and work. And I found answers with BetterHelp. My therapist I matched to with in minutes of filling out the form, she made it really easy for me to understand the tools that I can work on because I didn't have all the answers. And I, quite frankly, I don't have all the answers, but I got tremendous benefit out of talking with somebody on BetterHelp and I utilize therapy every single month. I go once a month. I find it very beneficial for myself. And therapy can be different for everyone. And most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team. And it's important to get things off of your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Locked On Broncos, what will the interior offensive line look like here in 2024? Will there be a new face at the center position? We'll break it all down. We just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in every single day, making Locked On Broncos your first listen. And for those of you that watch us on YouTube, we appreciate you so much. Those who listen to us wherever you get your podcast for free every single day, we appreciate you for making the show exactly what it is. And in order to help grow the show to even more members of Broncos country where they can get objective coverage of everything that's going on, where we talk about every single angle of every position or every player without hot take, without clickbait, any of that stuff there. Make sure you subscribe or follow and you tell a friend, share the episode, share the show with somebody that is a Broncos fan that you know if you haven't done so already. Thank you so much for everything that you do for the show, Broncos country. We appreciate you. Let's get to our outlook here and forecast ahead. I mean, it's very evident here. We already know that Ben Powers, Quinn Miners are going to be back. We know that Quinn Miners in line for a contract extension at some point here in the near future. And we've also pondered and thought about, okay, hey, like some of the questions, who's going to start at center? I think personally, I think Denver moves on from Lloyd Cushenberry. I think that that's what they do. I think they do roll with Alex Forsyth. We've kind of talked about this a little bit, but when it comes to center specifically, Sarah, how do you see things playing out? Like if you had to choose today or predict what's going to happen, what do you think happens here for the Broncos at those positions specifically? If the team views Alex Forsyth as a starting center in the NFL, it's you got to put your money where your mouth is, right? You got to put that guy out there, give him the opportunity to sink or swim. I think you could look to the NFL draft and we expect we we say all these things. I know people are always up in arms over the Broncos only have, you know, so and so amount of picks. They only have six picks. They can't address all these needs. I think Cody and I are both in agreement that we expect the Broncos to add and collect draft picks 
over the next couple of months here. And, and that may be presumptive, but it just feels like that's the the way that this team is going to build out its roster. So I do expect them to go after some offensive linemen in this year's draft. We talked about it during the tackle episode as well. I think they could finally draft a tackle for the first time since 2017. But on the interior offensive line, if Cushenberry's leaving and everybody's role is now shifting, you've got to get another guy into the mix there. And, and I think the Broncos will do that. I think they'll look to the NFL draft for potentially play multiple positions. We talked about a guy who could be a swing tackle coming in through the draft or maybe a developmental guy. But I do think we're going to see them add somebody in the NFL draft that could be an asset to them you know, potentially at both guard and center. So that's something that I think we will see. And that's something that I, I, I hope the Broncos are scouting and readying themselves for guys that could be, like we talked about, instant contributors. Maybe you find somebody in the third, fourth round that actually ends up becoming a starting caliber guy for you. I agree there too. And I, I also think as well, we could see a scenario where Forsyth is a starter. Wattenberg is his backup. And then also Wattenberg is one of the backups to one of the guards there at that position, which is cool because Forsyth and, and Wattenberg, you know, two Pac-12 rivals. Well, it's no longer the Pac-12. That is now dead and buried. But when they played, it was the Pac-12. They're, they're locker buddies. They sit right next to each other. I've had really great conversations with them. They're a fun duo to actually kind of be around. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that's got to be a path here for Denver going forward is you still have to look at your depth ahead, right? Because if you have one injury and you don't have a good enough contingency plan at either of your backup spots, I mean, that is a huge issue, not only just for every like uh, the offensive line. I would say it's probably more crucial for Denver's offensive line to have quality backups. And we heard George Payton say that, hey, like in the NFL draft, this is where you draft and this is where you develop players. You get guys you can develop versus in free agency. You can go out there. If you have an issue, like in season, somebody gets injured, right? You can go sign a guy who's a free agent that hasn't been playing and they can come in and step in. But it's also a risk because they haven't played. They have to learn your offense there. But if you don't plan for some of those contingencies ahead of time, you're going to find yourself in that situation. Now, fortunately, in Minnesota, it worked out with Dalton Reisner stepping in for the Vikings offensive line late in the season. But if you have to be in that position to where all of a sudden your starter gets hurt and you're like, oh, shoot, I don't know if our young guy's ready to step in yet. To me, I think that's a failure on, on behalf of the organization and on your scouting team in terms of preparation and player personnel. If you have the guys on your roster, they're going to make your 53. You need to have the right guys there. And look, if it's a young guy and you're unsure, then why is he your backup guy? But that's where I think we have to see. And I think for the most part, look, not knock on wood, this is the case here once again. Denver's offensive line after 2022, the disaster that that was with the rotating door of, you know, you got guys at center. You know, you got you know, Lloyd Cushenberry played eight games that year, right? Then you had a new center. He had to have Graham Glasgow step into center. You had a new guy at guard because Quinn Miners had a hamstring injury. You had another new guy at guard because Dalton Reisner was banged up. You lose Garrett Bull, so you have a new tackle there on the left side. And then on the right tackle position, it's just an alternating game because Billy Turner couldn't stay healthy. Denver had so many different offensive line changes in that 2022 season. It was almost crazy to think that they made it almost an entire season with the same starting lineup, minus Mike McGlinchey in week 18. That was really it. So knock on wood that that's the case here once again in Denver, but you have to plan for the unexpected. And, and you know, we know how, you know, the offensive line, you get guys that ro get rolled up in behind you. We see it almost every single week in the NFL. You have to have a good contingency plan behind that. So I think that's where Denver will be at. And also, I think, look, every other position we've previewed on the offensive side of the ball so far has kind of brought this into mind, too. 
does who Denver has at quarterback, does that impact maybe what they want to do on the offensive line as well? Because we made the comparison earlier. We talked about, we brought his name up. Bo Nix could be a target here for the Broncos at pick number 12. And it makes sense to play a center who's obviously snapped to him, has had success with him and Alex Forsyth. It does. It makes a ton of sense to me. And they there's nobody better that you could get intel from, right? I mean, the Broncos can trust their scouts. They can trust their, you know, obviously your general manager, George Payton. You trust your on-field evaluation if you're Sean Payton going and visiting these pro days. But who better to talk to about the person that you're drafting than the guy who snapped the ball to him for, you know, for an entire season? I don't know how long Bo Nix was at Oregon, Cody, but I'm I'm sure he spent years. plenty of time couple years so he spent plenty of time with Alex Forsyth and and I think that that's going to be I think that will be a conversation that the Broncos have whether they take Bo Nix or not I think they're going to approach Alex Forsyth and say hey give us the rundown on this guy what's he like you know uh, in the locker room what's he like on his days off what does he do you know x y or z I think they're going to be able to get that intel and make a super educated decision about him specifically, which is really nice to say. So I, I think that that's that's a, a, a big thing worth watching this offseason. And I think it's certainly, if you want to put on the tinfoil hat, it could be an indicator. If the Broncos watched Alex Forsyth a lot last year in the offseason and and they're watching him play, they're seeing Bo Nix. They're seeing a ton of Bo Nix. They're seeing, I mean, uh, every single, they're evaluating all these plays. So if they've got that intel already, kind of leads me to believe that maybe they're a year ahead in potentially making this decision. Well, and I can already tell you, I already know what, you know, a guy like Forsyth is going to tell the Broncos about Bo because I've talked to Forsyth about Bo and he's got a lot of great raving reviews about him. And look, I think it's an interesting thing to throw out. We're going to see all these mock drafts with Denver doing different quarterbacks, doing different positions. I know that's a conversation here. We'll eventually get to a portion of this offseason once NFL free agency is kind of wrapped up. Like after the second wave, we'll probably start doing mock draft Mondays here. We'll, we'll do our mock draft. We'll have you send in your mock draft. We'll break it down here on the show. But I'm very curious to see what Denver does between now and then because George Payton himself has even alluded to, hey, you know, we've got six picks right now. We could get more. But he said that every year. But he would like to get more picks. So what's going to happen? I mean, so much is riding on this offseason and the first domino effects that fall regarding the Russell Wilson decision and also how they manage the salary cap. So much in store here for the Broncos this offseason. But Broncos country, that'll wrap up today's episode of the show. For our next installment of our position review series, one thing that we are going to take a look at here for the Broncos, we're going to look at cornerback. Who starts opposite of Patrick Sertan on the outside? And plus, can Jaquan McMillan take the next step further inside the nickel? You're going to get all that and much more on our next installment, Locked on Broncos.